Hey there, listeners. This is The Critic, once again, introducing you to a special episode of Why Watch That. Once more, in this episode, we are bringing you all movie reviews. So this is the second of three episodes we have planned for you. That will do just that. There's one more episode coming later in the week with our movie reviews from this holiday season. We hope you're enjoying the season so far, and we want to make sure that you're completely taken care of as far as movies go. So please check out whywatchthat.com for all of our reviews. And in this episode, we are treating you to our reviews of Assassin's Creed, Passengers, and Patriot's Day. Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. While nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome, Welcome to, to Why Watch, Watch That. Presented by Dynamic Network. Why watch that sneak peek? We got a chance to see a sneak peek of the new movie, Assassin's Creed. Yes, the very one based on the video games that everyone loves to play. Mm. And um, <laughs> it's directed, it's it's actually, it's coming to a theater near York's nationwide, so you can find it just about everywhere. And it's probably going to try and bump up against Rogue One a little bit and give it a little challenge um, as far as big big budget action movies go. It's directed by Justin Krizel, written by Michael Lessie, Adam Cooper, and Bill Collage, but it's based on the stories um, by the guys who created the actual video game, or maybe we should say loosely based. It has a star-studded cast. I mean, every European actor you've ever wanted to see on the screen. <laughs> Michael Fassbender, Marion Cotillard, uh, Jeremy Irons, yep. Tim Gleason, Charlotte Rampling. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. Um, I'm going to give this, I'm going to punt, go ahead, critic, and give us this plot line because it was a little, it was a, it was a lot going on. A lot of a little. Okay. Now, we start in 1492. Yes. Ooh, that sounds familiar. Yes, 1492. Uh, we are in Andalusia. Okay, so we're in Spain. And we have two factions going on. Let's just set this up. On one side, we have the assassins. And they do have this creed to protect humanity's uh, free will. Let's say it that way. And on the other side, we have the Knights Templar. Yes, the Knights Templar. They are the ones trying to control humanity's free will. There's an apple... Are we going to give away which apple this is? It's obvious. Which yeah, apple. I mean, the, the original, uh, you know. From the Garden of Eden. Uh, and this has the genetic code for humanity's free will, essentially. So whoever controls the apple controls the free will. And controls so the, violence. Exactly. So the Knights Templar wants to get this apple so that they can eradicate violence from the world. So the assassins don't believe in that, obviously. They believe that man should be uh, allowed 
to do what man wants to do. So, you know, you have those warring factions. So we see in 1492 this a ceremony of the assassins to uh, essentially bring in the ancestor of Michael Fassbender's character. Hmm. All right. We then shuttle forward to 1986. Oh. And we see Michael Fassbender's character, a young Callum Lynch, uh, as a kid. His mother has been killed. The question is by whom? Is it his father or not? There's this weird scene with the mother dead, the father there with a knife, the son looking at the father. The father says, essentially, get out of here. It's all about your blood. Live in the shadows. There you go. So we know the son can do some aerobatic things because they show us that scene at the beginning. So the son runs off. We then shuttle forward to now, to 2016. Oh my gosh. Callum Lynch, played by Michael Fassbender, is on death row. And he is about to be killed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but someone is in the crowd watching, and that someone is played by Marion Cotillard as Sophia Ricken. So they go through the execution, but does he die? Dun, dun, dun. Probably not. So he wakes up. He's in uh, the care of Sophia Ricken. She is the daughter of Alan Ricken, played by Jeremy Irons. And they are scientists uh, that are part of the Animus Project uh, at the Abstergo Foundation. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And what they want to do is use, Jer- uh, is use Callum Lynch... Because Callum Lynch has the blood of his ancestor, Aguilar de Neja. Okay. Because what they have is some machine that puts him in, and he can relive what his ancestor was going through in the 15th century. And they hope that this will lead them to that apple. Yes. Okay. So, there are other assassins, though, at this project who've already gone through the process, and they're wary of Callum. They think that he's going to do something they don't want to, him to do. Give and away they, the apple. Yes. I, I, you know, I'm trying to leave some sort of mystery, but okay. Oh. So uh, there you go. Now, the question is by the end, who gets the apple? Whose side is Callum Lynch on? Who are these people behind the Animus Project? Where does the Knights Templar come in as well? Because there is this mysterious woman played by Charlotte Rampling who is behind the project in some way. Uh, so there we go. Also, Michael K. Williams, yes, from The Wire, yes, from The Night Of, is one of the assassins. He's one of the assassins who thinks that Callum Lynch might be okay. Bam. There we go with whatever you want from the plot. Okay. So it's 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 definitely complicated. Now, let us preface this, the rest of this review, which will be quick, with the fact that neither the, the critic or nor I have played Assassin's Creed. Right. So we're not... We're not um, Confusing some of the video game that that was strictly from the movie. Now, whether or not that course correlates with the actual video game, we do not know, and we don't care because you should be able to see any movie, especially like this one, and to be able to feel comfortable enough to be walked through the plot. Yeah, I will have to say that as convoluted as that plot may have seemed to some of you, it is quickly you quickly figure out the end before you get to the end. Oh my goodness, um, yeah. you, you figure out, you know, a lot of mystery that they tried to set up in the beginning. So it was it was more about, when you're watching the movie, it was more about 
watching other things. So your mind wasn't distracted by, oh my gosh, who did it? What's going on? Uh, who's a good guy? Who's the bad guy? Who's really the good guy? You you kind of know, you'll figure that out early on. So yeah. then really what's left of this movie? Acting and action. Mm-hmm. And writing. <laughs> Go ahead, critic. <laughs> well, look, uh, like you were saying, this is an origin story. So again, playing the game has nothing to do with it. They're telling us the story. And we did talk, Ref, we did talk to someone who did play the game. Yes. Yes. Didn't mention a word about the movie, and he said the plot. So we know what's going on here. Now, look, this is a great cast. Yeah, I hear And the filmmakers know it. So what they do is they give them a script that really is nothing. I'm sorry. It looked like they kept it. There were about five lines that they had, and they just rotated them. That's it. And there's even a line which was great where Fassbender goes, what the blank is going on? <laughs> everybody <laughs> laughs. Everybody laughs in the theater and then we get no answers. We didn't get no answers. It's the same thing over and over again. So the script is uh, completely problematic. So that's out. The other part of that uh, the trio you brought up, Rath, is the action. I liked probably the first major action sequence the best, which is in 1492. We have the chariots almost, all of that yeah. going off the cliff. Outside of that, it just seems so familiar to me that it, as an action buff, I love watching action on the screen regardless of the story. It didn't do much for me. It was just random martial arts that we've seen before. I was even thinking of that AMC show uh, that's all about martial arts, and I like that better. You know, because there was nothing special here. And if you're going to pay money to go to a theater, yeah, better give me something special. Do a John Wick. Well, uh, that's why you go to Assassin's Creed. You yeah. go to see the action because it's like playing the video game. You don't go for just the story alone. Right. The action sequences have to be stellar. And that was really the disappointment that those action scenes didn't pop. And they had it. I mean, there were certain styles to the fighting that I appreciated, but the camera didn't appreciate it. The camera didn't linger on a lot of those moments. How they jump off of buildings, all of that. What what are their arms and legs doing? It just didn't, it wasn't as special as it could have been. There was even a, a moment with Michael K. Williams at the end when he finally fights, and they did that, and it stood out. Yeah. More of that. Outside of that, let me tell all of you something. I don't need you to tell great actors to milk every moment. Yeah. Like, excuse me. All of the pausing in this movie for no yeah. reason is about one 30 beat. minutes too long. Yeah, like move it forward. If they had done that, it would have been more snap, crackle, pop to it. And then it would be easy to ignore the flaws or easier to ignore the flaws in the script. Also, everybody, just to finish it, the ref said, the father says, live in the shadows. This movie is in the shadows. So yes. it's very dark. It's a, yes, it is. Yeah. Um, you know, echo everything. Listen, I'm not even going to go into it further. If you like, who is this for? Who is this for? If you love to see every single video game turned into a movie, like that is your thing. Yeah. You don't care about any, you just like, I want to see what this is going to look like, then this is this is for you, for your curiosity. Yeah. Um, but I do have to, to to issue a warning to those who are action buffs, to those who are acting 
because you see this cast, you're like, wow, I have to, is this Lord of the Rings? I have to go and see what this is. I do have to caution you, please listen thoroughly to our review <laughs> and, 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 and proceed with caution if you must. Um, other than that, uh, you know, if you're maybe 12 or you know, 14, maybe this is. But it's very serious. That's the other thing. It's very serious. So maybe if you want to see these great actors be very serious with some lines that don't work, there you go. Just how are they going to milk it? This is the movie to watch. All right. Assassin's Creed comes out to a theater near you the 21st of December. If you want a nice little alternative to Rogue One, maybe you should check it out. Or maybe you do something else. I don't know. Oh, listeners, guess what? Yes, the critic gets to start this sneak. Yes, 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 yes. Because, because I wasn't able to join the ref at the screening of Passengers. We'll see whether I regret that or not after her review. Now, if you don't know, you're going to know that Passengers stars two megawatt stars, Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt. yes. And it is their movie. There are other people in it, maybe not in it. (laughs) But they're certainly in the thing. It is directed by Morton Tildum, who directed The Imitation Game, everyone. And it is written by John Spates, okay, who was hired by the Scott Free Productions Company, all of that to write. And this uh, script actually was on the Hollywood blacklist of scripts, so... They thought highly of it at one point. Uh, And it was even in the hands of Keanu Reeves at a a certain portion, uh, other actresses, all of that. So please, 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 Raph, tell us about this. What is this about? Is it a romance? Is it science fiction? Is it a thriller? It's all of it. (laughs) (laughs) And should we go to that theater to see it? Am I paying my proverbial $15? Well, let's get to first things first. Let's talk about the plot. Now, there's a big, huge spaceship, and I believe it's called the Avalon, which is funny because there's a string of apartments called the Avalon. <laughs> well, it's a spaceship making a 120-year journey from Earth to Homestead 2, which is a new Earth sort of space or sort of planet mm-hmm. that could house people. Because Earth, yes, is getting overpopulated and yeah. all of those things, they are now adventuring out into space. Now, there are over 5,000 people on this journey with over 200 people as the cast and crew. And they're all asleep in these hibernation pods that yeah. you know, free, not, basically freezes them in time for this 120-year journey. But when they wake up, they'll be the age they were when they left. Okay, We've seen it that. before. Yeah, we've seen it before. However, during something happens... Mm. The ship, which causes one pod to open, and that's Chris Pratt's pod. Yes. He gets up thinking it's time to, you know, get ready to walk into the homestead, too. Unfortunately, he wakes up 90 years early. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Not going to make it, Chris. (laughs) He he wakes up. They've got 90 years to go. (laughs) And he spends his time sort of getting this revelation. And we'll say this. Something else happens on that ship. Where another pod is opened, mm-hmm. and it's Jennifer Lawrence. Oh. She's a writer in her former life. He is a mechanic in his. Of course. Now, these two 
are stuck on the ship for 90 years. And we watch the relationship and that realization blossom, and we watch it be not so blossom. Yeah. In between all of this, you have Michael Sheen, who is an android. He's a bartender. He's not human, but it's their only real experience with other thoughts that maybe they can bounce off this revelation. Now, you think this sounds like a sci-fi movie? It sort of is, it sort of isn't. This ship is intricately built. It's going through space. They have to deal with the elements of space. We'll say that, both good and bad. You also may think it's a love story. Yes, the two, they fall in love. We watch it develop. We see Chris Pratt's butt twice. Uh, We see the ups and downs of being two only two people on the ship. (laughs) It could be that. It's also an action thriller movie. You see them, there's a serious problem going on the ship. It's basically a Titanic of the space. Titanic meets Alien. That's what it sounds like. Well, I don't know. Not Alien. Not quite. But it is a sinking. And they have to solve this crazy problem with some help that comes along the way, maybe. So if that sounds like it's a lot going on, I'm going to tell you it is. But that's the gist of the plot. The action thriller, sci-fi, romantic dramedy. (laughs) Let's talk about the real issue here. Do you have money or not? Mm. The real issue is this. It is Jennifer and Chris's movie. They're Mm. really the only two in there. There is an appearance by another actor and a very quick appearance by another actor that you may know. Michael Sheen does a fine job of playing the android. He's charming. He's wonderful. Yeah. Give him his check, please. Yeah. Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. Mm. Well, are they charismatic on the screen? Of course they are. Will you enjoy their, you know, their banter, their little thing going on? Of course. But the real enemy here is everything in the kitchen sink that's been thrown into this movie. Yeah. It is your classic we want your $15 movie. They're going to give you the look. They're going to give you, you know, people taking off clothes here and there, but you know, not too raunchy. They're going to give you the laughs. Maybe they'll give you some drama. There's a big scene. If you just want the kitchen sink kind of movie with a little sci-fi thrown into it, maybe it's for you. I will say the music works against it. It makes it a little more cheesier. So if you can, you know, maybe get past the music, the lines that they have to say, it's not the best written film that you will see. So if you need to get past that, you need to go ahead. If you need to get past the fact that people don't always make it, we'll just leave that in the air. Fine. Well, you said Titanic. <laughs> I said Titanic. Not everybody makes it on Titanic. And <laughs> not everybody makes it, human or not, on this one. If you want to see a movie like that, then be my guest. My thing is this. It is a commercial movie. You really can't expect anything more than that. But I think the problem with it is they put in more than what you're going to get. So that's my very blanket review of Passengers, which opens everywhere. The question is, will everybody want to see it? Ah, well, you'll make that determination on your own, everybody. Is your $15, are you going to give that away or not to see these lovebirds in space? Well, Passengers opens on December 21st. Oh, yes, it does. Everywhere. So, will I see you in the theater? I don't know. 
<laughs> but if you go, we certainly hope that you enjoy that kitchen sink. <laughs> This episode of Why Watch That is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, providing digital versions of audiobooks for download to your computer, phone, and MP3 player. Sign up today to try Audible free for 30 days and get a free audiobook of your choice. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash why watch that to get your free audiobook now and to support our show. Back to Why Watch That. Hey, listeners, we have a sneak peek for you. It's called Patriots Day. Yes, you've been seeing the posters everywhere. Um, Pretty amazing cast. We got a chance to see it in the theater, which I'm going to say ahead of time is a great way to watch this movie. But let's get into who's behind the scenes here. We've got, yet again, Peter Berg. Now, Peter Berg, we just talked about him with Deepwater Horizon. Now he's back with Mark Wahlberg again, directing um, Patriot's Day. He also helped write the screenplay along with Matt Cook and Joshua uh, Zituber. (laughs) I don't know, Zituber. (laughs) And um, it has a pretty amazing cast. We've got, of course, Mark Wahlberg, Michelle Monaghan, J.K. Simmons! Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Bacon, good, uh, John Goodman, uh, Michael Beach, just and a, and a wonderful cameo that we'll talk about a little bit later. I'm not even going to disclose her name. No. It's an amazing cast, an amazing movie, and it's about the Boston Marathon bombings that just happened a couple years ago. So take it away, critic, for this plot rundown. Okay, so what happens, just as the ref said, everybody, uh, we do go through... The Boston Marathon bombings uh, starts a little before, and then it goes all the way to the capture, or uh, the killing, we should say, of the Sanaya brothers. One was, we know, killed. The other uh, is now in custody, uh, awaiting his uh, appeal. So we go through that whole timeline, and they give you the timing markers as you're going through when you are, where you are, who's appearing on screen, which is helpful. Yeah. So all of that is clear. Now, we start by seeing different people just living life. And they are going to be a part of this tragedy, of course. So we start with Mark Wahlberg's character, who's Police Sergeant Tommy Saunders. Tommy mm-hmm. Saunders, okay? Who is a character in and of himself? Good gracious. Okay. Yeah, we see him going into somebody's apartment, uh, and he has a knee injury, so he tries to kick the door down and all of this stuff. And the question is, is he suspended? What happened? You know, he's a firebrand, so he has a lot of experience, but he causes some problems. All of his superiors know him by name. They had drinks with him, that kind of thing. Okay, so we see that. We also see uh, a young couple played by Rachel Brosnahan uh, as Jessica Kinski and her husband, I forgot the the actor's name, but he is uh, on Madam Secretary. That's how I know him. Okay. So the Kinskis, we see them living together uh, and they're practicing their Boston accents. Like she's trying to learn how to speak as a local Boston person. All right. We also see 
of course, we're getting it to John Goodman as the Boston police commissioner. We have J.K. Simmons uh, as the Watertown police sergeant. Which we find out why, because it was a little confusing at first. Yeah, why is he appearing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you don't know uh, what happened, or if you've forgotten, then you, you'll be reminded later on. Uh, we see him going to Dunkin' Donuts, and he has a routine. <laughs> He's got this routine. He puts his cigarette in a certain place. He orders a certain thing for his wife. That was nice. So that kind of thing. I won't give you every snapshot. But that's where you start. And they do start with a lot of humor, which is nice. Mm. So it's unexpected. humor, yeah. Yeah, and it's authentic. So then, of course, we go through uh, uh, Tommy Saunders. He has to uh, basically man the marathon, which for him is a devotion. It's just right. He's got to put on his little uh, jacket and look like a a street cop. (laughs) That's right. And, you know, he gets ribbed by the other cops and all of that. Um, but it's important for him to be there because when, after the bombings, mm-hmm. yeah, after the bombings occur, he really takes charge and even leading into the investigation, he speaks up and, and says his mind says what needs to be done, uh, based on his own experience. So when this investigation starts happening, we get Kevin Bacon coming in as Richard DeLaurier, special agent in the FBI's Boston field office. So of course it's who's in charge. Once they say it's terrorism, it's the FBI. So we have them. We also have Michael Beach playing uh, uh, governor at the time, Deval Patrick. He's a part of it. It's just a lot of pieces moving uh, through this movie. And then it leads to, of course, what we know happens to the Sarnayev brothers. Now, I will also say that we get, along with the snapshots of the other characters, we get the Sarnayevs before the bombing as well. So it's interesting, everybody... What I did appreciate is they don't go out of their way to paint them as monsters. That's right. They show them just like everybody else, period. We see them. We see uh, the older son, Ives brothers, a uh, wife. Uh, the brothers, by the way, are played by Alex Wolf, whom we talked about in uh, Coming Through the Rye. He was in that. And uh, Tamo Milikidzi. So they're the two. And the wife is played by Supergirl. Yeah. Melissa Benoist, yes, and I was, I was sitting there going, "Who is that? Who is that?" Yes, me too, me too. So we have that now. Eventually, we get all of these points uh, through the investigation: who's doing what, uh, them trying to figure out the best way to capture these two. And after uh, we go through a lot of that, they do get the wife, and there is a major scene. Because I'm not even going to say who. So don't say it because you'll give it away. Yeah, I'm not going to say who. Somebody comes in to interrogate her to figure out whether there are any more bombs. And that scene, I mean, look. Changed the movie. It it shifted it. It sure did. I mean, in the theater where I was, Ref, because we saw this separately. When this person enters, there was an audible reaction in the room. (laughs) <laughs> when this person exits there was an audible reaction in the room okay and then we go through to the capture etc etc so that's it that's all I really want to say about that but I do oh let me not forget the Sanaya brothers do carjack a Chinese <laughs> guy. look played by Jimmy O. Yang uh, the real guy's name is Dun Ming and let me just say hats off to him, hats off yeah. to the real guy, hats off to the actor. Yeah. I forgot about that. We were yeah. talking about this yeah. 
And boy, oh boy, when look, if you're yelling at the, the screen what to do, he does it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there we go with the plot. Let's get into the performances and everything else, Rev. Well, we kind of alluded to the performances a little bit. We know that the, the cameo is, is in a major shift in um, the tone of the movie. I, I'm just going to touch base because I don't want to prolong this review because I really want you to go out and see it. I'm going to recommend it right here, right now. Mark Wahlberg, to me, is like a fine wine, a, a wonderful aged cheese. He gets better every movie that he does. Like, it, it just, especially these kinds of movies. I, again, I saw him earlier this year in Deepwater Horizon, along with Peter Berg again, producing and directing. They really have a wonderful shorthand going on here. You've got this team doing most of Mark Wahlberg's major action films. So this is yet again another action film. But this time, this Mark Wahlberg has more vulnerabilities than I've ever seen. There's a major scene between he and Michelle where he's sort of processing the day or processing his part in the day and what he's seen and goes through Shakespearean emotions, which I didn't know Mark Wahlberg had in his arsenal. So wonderful job to him. Michelle... Um, plays his wife, strong actress, strong wife. She didn't play the pushover kind of time. You could tell why they're married. J.K. Simmons, who has a last feat at the towards the end, and and you'll see why he really does a good job of showing this aged aged um, uh, sheriff who's sort of you know just really not used to these kinds of interactions. And I thought his vulnerability, his reaction with his wife was wonderful. Um, there's just so many to name. Everybody was did a solid job. Were there any standouts for you? Uh, just like you're saying, piggybacking. I mean, really, the cast top to bottom, even the extras. Look, I mean, yes, yes. The Dunkin' Donuts employee. Great. I mean, it's just little things like that where you go, Peter Berg is also an actor. Yeah that come through. Mark Wahlberg another scene at the end, he has a, a monologue where he really has to do the uplifting of the movie. Yeah. And nails it. I, I completely agree with you. He really showed some uh, nuances to his acting that I don't, I've never seen before. Um, John Goodman is John Goodman. is always great. J.K. Simmons, you mentioned. Uh, Vincent Curatola as the mayor of Boston from, uh, <laughs> from uh, my, my show on HBO, uh, The Sopranos. Just seeing him, it's like, yeah, that guy. Michelle Monaghan, you mentioned. Kevin Bacon is perfect as the FBI special agent. Um, all of them did such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful job. Uh, I also do want to say that this is what I'm talking about, and I've talked about this in TV a lot. If you want us to care, start by telling you who these people are. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't take a lot. So once the bombings happen, you're invested. It really, really works structurally for me. The writing made a lot of sense. And the little things of humor, like one of the local Boston PD uh, people, uh, when they're all set up for the shootout, she looks at the other guys coming <laughs> in and like, uh, I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm not moving. It's That's right, FBI. <laughs> yeah, it's like things like that that really matter. And I think Peter Berg... Uh, just knows his aesthetic. He's no nonsense when it comes to directing. Very clean. That's what we need. Very clean, like you said. The cinematography works. 
Uh, the sound works. Yeah. And I think they use actual coverage from yes. the Boston Marathon. So they infused that inside of the movie, which was very, very well done. Yeah, because, I mean, who they made those two actors look like the Sanaya brothers. I mean, yeah. really. So you're asking yourself, is this the real footage or not? It's really great. Yeah. Um, so we're both saying, Ref, please go to see this. Um, I- I'll tell you, when I was in the screening room, there were a lot of sniffles, a lot of wiping of the eyes throughout. Uh, so, you know, it's something that will move you. It will make you laugh. It'll make, it'll bring you'll up. be at the edge of your seat. Yeah. 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 So again, you can see Patriot's Day at a theater near you. It's nationwide. Um, it is a fresh wound. Uh, but I, I guarantee you they do justice to um, the city of Boston. They do justice to um, the players inside who helped uh, capture these two men, uh, kill and capture the other one. I really think that you should see it in the theater. If you decide to wait, you will not be disappointed. But why should you wait? Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.